All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cup Cooker Supernatural Podcast. I'm going live with Joshua of Sons of God Ministries. And uh, here we go. I'm going to invite him on now. We've got a great episode today. I've been collaborating. What's up, man? How's it going? What's up, Cub? How you been? I'm good, man. My computer crashed and the whole power grid over here went down. I had to reboot my oh, UPS my. and everything. So I'm a couple Goodness. of minutes late. And, uh, yeah, so it's one of those days, man. It, you know, we, we just do what we do. So that's, you know, anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Oh, dude, good. just revelations just keep on coming. I can't, I can't tell you awesome. how amazing it is, brother. Just absolutely, man. Absolutely. <sighs> It's, it's going to be mind-blowing. That's all I can say tonight. Guys, you are in for a treat tonight. It's going to bless you beyond a shadow of a doubt. We are going to prove how the devil has deceived the entire world, like Revelation 12.9 has said. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Man, we had a great conversation earlier, if this is anything <laughs> like that. Even just a fraction of our conversation. <laughs> it's going to be a good night, guys. So. Um, we do these guys and, uh, we talk a little bit ahead of time, but man, we just, we spin on this, we roll on it, we download, we have revelations. We just try to channel the things that God is, uh, sharing with us in our lives. So I'm excited to do that tonight, but. Amen, brother. You want to Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, (laughs) dear father in heaven, we just thank you for today. Thank you for uh, Joshua and his community. Thank you for my community. Just thank you for the community that you brought together between both of us, that we can share your message and love and light, Lord, and just bring the truth of the living Christ to all. The the message that's been lost for so many years and is coming back in full force with your glory. We just thank you for that. We ask that we would do it in, in truth and love tonight in respect to all people's and just uh, reveal amazing things through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Whew, brother, I I got a revelation even when we got off of the phone. All right. It, You know, you sent me over something earlier about consciousness, mm-hmm. about ascension. Guys, I want to let you know right now, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks about consciousness. You have to go back to the Greek to see it, but he does talk about consciousness. Consciousness is real. This this will be going on YouTube, absolutely. Um, Cub, we've been intrigued by the Tower of Babel. Yes, yes. And just exactly what occurred there. And it blows my mind because we've been told that this Tower of Babel is something evil. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that the word Babel means what? What does it mean, Cub? Uh, Babel. Um, it's talking about the original language, which I think you're going to get into. And I, I've got the verse pulled up in Genesis 11, one through nine. If you want me to read it here, yeah, just to yeah. get, just to kind of get our head around it. And I'm reading in the World English Bible, just so you guys know. Um, I'm a big fan of that one because it's so much closer to the Greek. And we're going to talk about the Septuagint here in a little bit, I think. Um, but this is all, it also puts yeah. the word Yahweh where the word Yahweh is due. So that's one thing I really like about it. Um, so for the average person, which is me going through it, 
um, I can go, oh, that was Yahweh. Oh, that was El. Oh, that was, you know, Elohim or, you know, kind of get the context around it. So in Genesis 11, (laughs) one through nine, it says the whole earth was of one language and one speech as they traveled east. They found uh, a plain in the land of Shinar and they lived there. Wait, one one minute, one minute. Mm -hmm. They traveled from the east. Where did the Magi come from? The east. The east. Yep. Yep. Wait a minute. Zoroastrianism is one of the oldest religions of all time. And it It was. And and it was in the east. Mm Mm-hmm. This is this is interesting because their prophet, they known as Zoroaster, also has the name Ibrahim, Zendavista, mm-hmm. I believe it is. They believe that Abraham, the father of Israel, is Zoroaster. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Okay. Mm. Okay. So let's go ahead and let Let's let's break this down. This Babel. All right. Do you do you you want me to break this down right now? Yeah. Would you? Would you? That'd be I, great. I, yeah. Because you I, you've got a much better grasp on it. I've got some real esoteric woo woo stuff. I'll share about it. But I want you to break down the the language of it and everything. So absolutely, absolutely. Babel means gate of L. Okay. It's the gate of L. It's where they were united as one. You see. The problem with people is that they think that the Holy Spirit wasn't given in the Old Testament. But in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is getting ready to be stoned before the Sanhedrin, he says, you have always resisted the Holy Spirit. Mm. So does that mean the Holy Spirit was even given in the Old Testament? Absolutely. That's the only way you could come to these truths. It wasn't the full measure of the Holy Spirit, but it was the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit came upon who it was meant for. So this Babel is the gate of El. It was Yahweh that confused the languages. Just to throw this in there real quick, I find this to be really interesting that there's a lot of people that say that Melchizedek, the one that went to Abraham, was Shem, the son of Noah. All right. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting about this is that the word Shem means name. This is why the Jews never call him Yahweh. They always say Hashem. Okay. Mm, okay. But at the Tower of Babel, they say something very interesting. Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us make a Shem or a Hashem for ourselves. This is really interesting because if Shem was Melchizedek, this was the order of Melchizedek at the Tower of Babel. All right. There was something more going on here than what we're not told. And because they were coming into unity through a spiritual understanding of the esoteric mysteries, Yahweh confused the languages and he confused the tongue. But if you notice, it says, let us go down there and confuse the languages. Because at this point, they were even becoming greater than the Elohim or the gods. Mm -hmm. They say this right in the story. Mm -hmm. 
They say, we shall not know what they shall become if we don't confuse their languages. All right? Very good. Very good. Now, Paul makes it clear that God is not the author of confusion. A lot of people try to say, well, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 is not talking about the Tower of Babel. It has no, it has no relation with the Old Testament. Well, here's your problem. Paul was talking about the tongues of angels in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul was talking about a language that unites all people. What is Babel talking about? A language that unites all people. Awesome. Jesus yep. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with that, we kind of get a little backing for the Tower of Babel. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So. So, and I, and I think and what we're going to get into tonight, too, is <clears throat> I think that Christ fully taught the way to return that language to self so that we can communicate with each other. We may not be speaking an angelic tongue, but there is, I don't know, when, when Josh and I talk, there's something different. And uh, we can just sit there on the phone for an hour and just, just blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> we've known each other, what, a whole three months now, three or four months? <laughs> I think we've and, known uh, harder than six yeah, thousand. Honestly, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like two old best friends going on, <laughs> and uh, very comfortable. And it's it's a whole other language, just the way we can we can talk with each other. And I think that when you step into that vibration, the frequency of love, the path that Christ laid out. We talked earlier about different doors, but it's that one path, and uh, you yeah. can call it whatever you want. The language of love, the frequency, the vibration, the Christ consciousness, the narrow way, whatever you want to call it, that's what it is. And um, you yeah. see these gods, and I, I say gods because, you know, we see a lot of different ones. And if you study any of Zacharias Sitchin stuff or ancient astronaut theory, <clears throat> you see that like our planet has, there's so much evidence for being visited by something. We don't, I mean, we can call them ETs or whatever you want to call them, gods. Huh. Um, fallen angels, but there is some sort of technology at work tens of thousands of years ago that helped humanity do something or changed humanity or whatever. And you see that here at the Tower of Babel. And one of the cool things I read on the Tower of Babel, and then I'll read the scripture here, <laughs> was that it was actually, there's a couple of different versions of it. There's an eight level version. And then there um, is a version that's a 13-level version. So the 13-level version is the Zodiac. Mm -hmm. uh, the 8-level version is the Chakras. And so if you notice, there's one extra on those because there's a space above it. There's yeah. transcendence yeah. above it. So whether you take this literally or esoterically or metaphorically, that's totally up to you. But I think that there's something really beautiful in that idea that this tower – uh, and most likely it was a ziggurat, by the way. Um, these things were all over the world. This was not necessarily that unique other than, um, you know, this is where the story unfolds because you see them all over the world. Um, and so it would have been one of those stepped pyramid type things, most likely, or some variation of that architecture. Yep. And then painted up with all the, these cool colors and stuff. So um, I did a bunch of AI artwork with it today like that, but. That's cool. So, so for me, there's like this really esoteric side of the Tower of Babel. As I'm reading about this, I'm thinking like, what's the, the and I dropped a video today on TikTok. What's the similarity between uh, the Stairway to Heaven song by Zeppelin, Jacob's Ladder, 
the Tower of Babel. All of these are ascension stories. It's all about like, you know, you've got uh, Jacob wrestling with, with the angel of Yahweh, and it's like he sees the angels going up and down on the ladder. That's like the DNA esoterically. This tower could be the chakras esoterically. It could be the zodiac. Again, I think there's something to the zodiac with reincarnation, living through every sign and experiencing every triumph and failure as that sign so that you can be perfected with that Christ energy if you continue to choose that over and over. And so there's like, there's just some really deep stuff to this. And, and I don't think either of us are here tonight to tell you, you have to believe this dogmatically in any way, but I think that there's something really beautiful and just like opening up your mind. We've got all kinds of different people in our communities and I don't care what your faith, your walk, your race, your orientation, just as long as you're here in love, what we're going to talk about tonight is not against any culture whatsoever. It is a very spiritual thing. So you keep going to church where you do or don't be married to who you are or aren't, whatever. Just open your mind, and there's going to be some really cool stuff, I think, that's going to just come to you through this. So it's, uh, it's absolutely mind-blowing because the confusion started at the Tower of Babel. And we know that history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to notice, though, at the Tower of Babel, it could have been very well the order of Melchizedek because they say, let us make a name for ourselves, a Shem for ourselves. And Melchizedek was Shem. Shem was the son of Noah. All right. There's a reason for that. Um, I'll, I'll get into it actually here real quick. Yeah. In as we've already been talking about in Genesis chapter 41, Joseph married into the priesthood of On. He married a woman named Azanath. He married as a high priest into that bloodline because these were the Egyptian mysteries. But they go beyond that. The Egyptian mysteries actually started with the order of Melchizedek, which goes even behind beyond Egypt. Okay, If you actually look over at these temples over in Egypt, they have hieroglyphics of what you would call Horus on there, which means horizon. It's talking about the Son of God. All right. And then the set, which is the enemy of Horus, set means sunset. It's talking about the nighttime. Uh, this is why in the story of when Jacob rustles the angel at Bethel, the angel tells Jacob to let him go because day is starting to break. Because this was not a good angel. This was Yahweh. Mm. All right. Mm. This was an angel of darkness, an angel of the night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we're getting at is this. I, I don't want to get off track. No, go ahead. That's what I do. So go for <laughs> it. Yeah. The Tower of Babel was also known as the Migdal. Okay. Migdal comes from Magdal, which means Magdalene. It. It's the Magdal. It could connect. So the Melchizedek order, which was Jesus. Jesus was the priest of the Melchizedek order. But he was also, and I know I'm going to get some hate for this. Mary Magdalene was his wife. They had a marriage. Why do you think in John chapter 2, it was the bridegroom that was supposed to support the wine at a wedding. And Jesus just so happened to support the wine. Okay. There's, there's more to it than that. Even the Gnostic Gospels talk about this, uh, Gospel of Philip, different ones. But Jesus would have been Melchizedek and his wife, Mary Magdalene, 
was also of the priesthood as well. This is why in 1 John, John the Apostle talks about the Holy Mother. Who is the Holy Mother being talked about? It's Mary Magdalene. Beautiful. <laughs> it goes so deep. Mary Magdalene was in the ancient priestesshood. Okay? This is what it was at the Tower of Babel. This is why you had shamans. This is why you had all of these spiritual esoteric mysteries going on at the Tower of Babel. It was almost like a library of Alexandria mm -hmm, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what that leads us into is this, and this is the meat of the message today. I've been doing some studying on the Septuagint. Okay. The Septuagint means 70. How many nations were there at Babel before they were dispersed? Seven. 70. There you go. 70. Very interesting. Because could the dispersion of the Bible that we have today be the deception of the confusion of the languages at the Tower of Babel? Absolutely. And I want to say something that I said earlier when we were on the phone. And, and all right, yep. listen up, kids. I'm in the I'm in the kid group tonight too because I'm pumped about this. I haven't live streamed all day, so I'm ready to roll. Um, Amen. So there in the Sumerian pantheon and a lot of the older pantheons, like Cradle of Civilization, pantheons of gods, you had El and Asherah, or at least like the male and the female higher gods, and then they had the sons or the angels or the gods, and there were seventy of them in a lot of those original pantheons. And mm -hmm. so then you have 70 nations and what, Yahweh's taking a nation. So it's like each nation has their own God or their own protector, or their own angel taking them. And it's like, which angel is good, which is bad. And, and we're going to see how that unfolds, obviously, with Israel, as we've yep. talked about. So, yep. <laughs> and I wanted I got to say something else, too. I downloaded this as you were talking. Christ having a wife is really cool and here's why okay and and, and you're not going to hear this from a pulpit you're not going to hear this in church nope. and uh heather asked uh did they have children maybe they did maybe that maybe they did i you know i think that the cooler part to think about is the idea that again those older pantheons you had a male and a female godhead that came together the divine feminine the divine masculine bore the love the logos the divine expression, which was the son or the word of God. That's what Christ is in the flesh. So yes. he's taking that. He's already that in the flesh and he's modeling that archetype again. And again, this is not a marriage. I'm not, I'm not here to tell anybody who to be married to. I'm just saying yep. it's the archetype. This happens within you, by the way, if you never get married, you still experience this when you combine your ability to receive, to create, to flow with your ability to have uh, logical thinking, your ability to go out and do like, and I'm not saying male or female, whatever, but uh, all of those are inherently different qualities. You have more feminine qualities, more masculine qualities. And when you can combine all of those, you're going to bear something much greater than those are alone. And so again, it's just, we talked earlier, everything's an archetype. You know, you have all these literal stories that happen but they're all about a spiritual truth, just like we see in the book of Enoch. Everything, even the stars have spirits behind them because it's a physical representation of a spiritual truth, a spiritual hierarchy or energy or quantum, as we're going to call it. Yep. Uh, you just keep going down the rabbit hole with that, and it really gets 
this will change your mind guys. And I'm not talking about change your mind from one direction <laughs> to another. I'm talking about like expand it and then contract it down so small that you don't even know which way to think anymore. You just start to like ohm around it. And it's a, it's a pretty cool way to, to get into guys. It's, it's amazing because when the word spirit, when the Holy spirit was used in the old Testament, the word Ruach HaKodesh hmm. is a feminine word. Interesting. Mm. So, in the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the image of the Father. Okay, He's the image of the Father here on Earth. Mm-hmm. If the Holy Spirit is a representation of the Heavenly Mother, mm-hmm. and you have the Father, then you have the Son, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus came down here. He said that Philip, have I not been so long with you that you are looking at the Father because the Father is in me? All right. He said this in John fourteen. Wow. Okay? So if Jesus was the direct image of the father, that means there had to be a direct image of the mother, which was Mary Magdalene. Oh, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. And they did have a son. They had daughters as well. Awesome. Matter of fact, that holy bloodline had to be taken to France, the Merovingian bloodline. Okay. But the elite have infiltrated. I thought this was evil at one time. It's not. Joseph of Arimathea started the the church at Glastonbury, England, because he took Mary Magdalene in the 72 and they formed a church over there in Ireland, in England. They actually um, converted some of the Druids. The the Druids weren't converted in a sense. They were waiting for the expectation of the Messiah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, that leads us into this, though. Okay. As the title has already been Tower of El and the Septuagint, Mm -hmm. we've already talked about, and Jacob even made clear that it was 70 nations at the Tower of Babel, all right, that were dispersed. The word Septuagint means 70. (laughs) Wow. Wow. The word Septuagint means 70. So is there a understanding behind all this and how it ties into Babel. Could the Septuagint, the taking away of the Septuagint be a modern day tower of Babel event where they created confusion. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So the Septuagint was created at the hands of Alexander the great. They were to take the Koine Greek language and translate the Hebrew scriptures and put it into the modern Greek language of their day. There is a supernatural story behind this. There were 70 scribes that were told to go into 70 different tents. And by the time they got it translated, they all came to back, back together and it was one. Okay. So the 70 become one in the word of God, the Septuagint. Okay. Now, what is interesting about this, though, and people will say, oh, this is this is theory that you're talking about. No, it's not. Because if you ever look in the New Testament at the writings of the Lord Jesus Christ or even the letters of the apostles, you're going to see that they quote text that does not come from our modern Masoretic text, but it comes from the Septuagint. Okay. Jesus and the disciples quoted from the Septuagint. This is the right. You line it up perfectly. I'll give you an example. Acts chapter 7, verse 43. In the Masoretic text that we have today, which is the King James Version Bible, different translations, it says 
that it was the king of Saiku that actually had the star of Refiam. Okay. Hmm. What they left out in there was this. That this comes directly from the mouth of Stephen. Stephen is quoting Amos chapter 5 verse 26 when he talks about the tent of Moloch and the star of Remphon. If you notice in the Masoretic text, it was never in there. But it's in the Septuagint. Wow. There's writings of Jesus that are in the Septuagint. Why is this? Because what happened was, is after the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, there were Pharisees, rabbis that escaped the destruction. And they went to a place and they formed their own council called the Council of Yamnia. They took the Hebrew scriptures that they had, which was the Septuagint, the Hebrew scriptures of what they had of their own day. And they translated them. Because they couldn't accept the Greek Septuagint or the Hebrew scriptures that the disciples and Jesus was using. Why couldn't they? Because it talked about how Jesus was the Messiah. It talked about how he actually confirmed the revelation that he was the Messiah to come in the Old Testament. Hmm. The reason we know this is true. Because if you look in the Masoretic text that we have today, the corrupted Masoretic text that was formed at the Council of Yamni about 20, 25 years after the falling of Jerusalem, where it is corrupted is in places of Old Testament messianic prophecies of Jesus Christ. Wow. They're all, and, and, and what they have done is they have taken it and they've translated it in a way that his, it has been passed down all the way to the day that we're living in. Mm-hmm. So if it was a couple of rabbis that got together, the same rabbis, the same Pharisees that killed the Lord Jesus Christ 70 years before this, and we're using their versions of the scriptures today, mm-hmm. then what the hell happened? <laughs> if it was Antichrist... Pharisees and Sadducees that denied Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in his own day. Then what has happened in our day when pastors are up on the pulpit and they're preaching from a book that has corrupted manuscripts in it that came directly from the Pharisees that killed the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles? Man, I've been saying, yeah, and I I just, yeah. Everything, you know, and then you just, you look at the the church in Rome and all of the control that came through that. And it's like the same people that hung him on a cross are now controlling most of what we believe and what we, uh, all the doctrine that's coming out of churches. And, you know, and, and you read a modern day Bible. I mean, I don't care what you read, NIV, NLT, King James, yep. whatever it's all the same. I mean, you're going to get a little different spin on it, but you know, I've noticed going to the Greek means I just use Bible hub and go look at the Greek and it means something totally different. And you go, that's not what that word means. Like it's clear right there in the Greek that it means something different. And that's where I started to see that Jesus is speaking out against the old God, not corroborating him. And it's really easy if you just pick up a Bible and read through 
exactly. to just think and and it's not your fault guys like it we're, we're here to tell you this mm-hmm. is something that i you know nine months ago i was having unholy thoughts about you know um blasphemy thoughts about this type of thing you know and and really struggling with it and then i started to come into it about you know six months ago and really start accepting it so it takes it takes time and it takes an openness and a willingness and it's not your fault so just know that like it's it's okay to go hey i was wrong and other people that i love and that are good people and really just trying to serve god they're wrong too and that's okay and you know it's it it doesn't mean that they're wrong to try to hurt you or hurt anyone it's just when you don't have the right data your computer doesn't work my computer just crashed probably because a few lines of code were missing within the software when it tried to update Uh that's the same thing with you and i teach and i talk about all the time and that's why my my little private community is called mythos because i look at the word mythos and it's a, the, the definition of mythos is a set of agreements about a thing specifically related to mythologies in that. <laughs> but within self, your specific set of agreements, not your doctrine, not your dogma, but your what you really, really believe, like what's what's here in your core, not I believe this, like not your affirmations, but your core operating system. If you have lines of code missing out of that, it's going to throw you out of balance. You're going to have issues with anxiety, depression, fear, anger, uh, substance abuse, all kinds of different stuff. If you're trying to identify your loving father in spirit as Yahweh of the Old Testament or Baal or some some sort of just new age or whatever, uh-huh. you're going to have problems. And that's not, again, that's not to judge anyone or throw anybody under the bus. It's no. just how it is. And I've been there. Like I was a jesus following yahweh Uh loving sing and praises in the air at my church you know in college and i had a horrible drinking problem i hated myself i didn't know how to love others and then i find myself in my young adulthood and i'm like i don't even know if i like jesus like i don't even know like who is this jesus thing like i mean what what is he what you know and then i when i finally detached him from yahweh i went oh yeah he's the truth Okay, that mm-hmm. makes more sense. Not he's alive. not corroborating all of this. He's yep. standing against it, and by the way, repairing it, because what he's doing, here's, here's what Jesus Christ does, the Christ consciousness, the Christ energy, whatever you want to call it. I kind of yep. disembody him is kind of how I, I experience him and understand him. He returns self to source. That's what he does. And when you get that, this whole thing makes a lot more sense because we were fine in the beginning in Genesis one. Yeah. And then we were not fine. And there you go. There's, that's what I do when I get my downloads, (laughs) the lightning bolts out the head. Amen. It's returning self to source. That's what Christ does. The heart is the seed of Christ so that your upper chakra your seventh, eighth chakra can be the seat of God and you can go directly to God. Amen, brother. Amen. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us come boldly into the throne of grace. Mm. It's Amen. it's right there. We can come yep. boldly into the throne. Boldly. We, we don't just have to come to the throne of grace. We can come boldly into the throne of grace. Amen. All right. Amen. So, so 
the thing is, is that with the scripture and the way it was transcribed, Jesus and the disciples had the true scripture. It was the Septuagint. It was of the 70. It was the 70 that became one Bible. Okay. One text. But it was during the time after the destruction of Jerusalem, about 96 AD, at the Council of Yamnia, these rabbis and Pharisees came together and they took the manuscripts and they corrupted them because they didn't like the fact that it showed Jesus was the Messiah. Absolutely. So that's the beginning of the Jewish rebellion Mm -hmm. with things. What about the Christian rebellion? That's that's a completely different thing in itself. Okay. Matter of fact, the Septuagint was used all the way up to the fifth century AD. Really? Yes, five hundred uh. years after Jesus Christ. Why is that important, though? Because it was right around five hundred AD that the Roman Catholic Church came in. It was right around that time that the Library of Alexandria was burnt down. It was right around that time that the Holy Flame was put out and the Gnostics were murdered. They were killed. They were destroyed because they had true knowledge, true revelation. So it was around that time that the Roman Catholic Church started coming together. What ended up happening is there was a pope named Pope Damasus I, and he had a Catholic priest, historian, and translator named Jerome of Stridon translate the text, the Septuagint, into a Latin version. The Gospels at first. So is that the Vulgate then? That's the Vulgate. That's the Latin. A lot of guys preaching from that right now online. A lot of them in my chat too, by the way. I... Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, man. I yep. bet. Yep. It's it's crazy because when he first embarked on this mission, he was going to keep it true to the Septuagint. Mm-hmm. But after seeing that what the Jews were saying about Jesus not being the Messiah and different things, mm-hmm. he translated it from the corrupted man- manuscripts that the Jews had at the Council of Yamnia. Gotcha. So, and just so you guys know, real quick too, just to kind of back up because I, I know we got a lot of newbies here too, and I'm I'm right there with you, so don't that, I, know. <laughs> I say that in love. It's um, deep, but you got the Gnostics. The Gnostics are a group of people. They're following Christ. You've got Marcion of Panope in there. He's and that's where you get the word Marcionism because that's really what you and I are uh, to an extent because it's yep. he believed that Jesus brought a brand new God. Uh, or really an ancient God, one that had been forgotten about, one that wasn't. Uh, yeah. And so you've got the Gnostics, and they're, they're out preaching and teaching, and then you've got um, a lot of more of the, the Rome influence with that going on. And they're, mm-hmm. w- what I like to say, they're, they're trying to clean house. They're sweeping up a little bit of the, the debris, the collateral damage from everything that went down. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you try to take someone out and that someone rises from the dead, um, then there's maybe some authority that has to be given up and then recollected 
within yes. adoption of a doctrine and creation of a doctrine. So just kind of wrap your head around that. It plays out more like a Game of Thrones episode than it does <laughs> your Bible school. Um, and yeah. so that's really kind of where we're at here as we move through the historical timeline of this to kind of understand what, what really happened here. And then you've got the Aramaic in there, and you've got a lot of guys trying to, to look at that and, and preach from that. Um, and so would Jesus have actually spoken Aramaic? Is that is that accurate as far as the history Ooh, goes? man. Yeah, yeah, it you is. You okay? <laughs> I'm good, man. Just a light falling on my hey, head. That's, yeah, I know. I've had that happen. I've got mine behind <laughs> the computer now for yeah. that reason. So, <laughs> so okay, let's... Uh, it, uh, let's put it this way. I, I smashed my finger a couple weeks at the gym. Nothing's going to compare to that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm so, glad. So, um, needless to say, but it, it is healing up pretty good. So, Oh, good, it's, good. It's still hasn't fallen yet. off yet, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Now that uh, I've recovered for, from that head injury. <laughs> As long as you don't have a concussion, we're good. I thought you <laughs> fell, so I was kind of like, "Oh, okay, he fell out of the chair." But no, 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 no. I, uh, I've gotten a lot. I've gotten too many concussions, man. Too. <laughs> I've gotten hit in the head so many times. I was a martial artist all my life, so oh, yeah, yeah. I've, gotten, I've it, just been tall, so I, I used to work in a theater and hit my head on the rafters all the time, crawling up there doing lighting design. So that's that's where all mine come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i just uh yeah just crazy man but all right back to the conversation so what's really interesting about this when jerome of stridon translated the old testament and the new testament and created the latin vulgate he took it from the corrupted hebrew manuscripts the masoretic text Another point I want to make is this. The reason why we know the Septuagint is the closest to the original is because when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found between 1946 and 1956 in the Qumran Caves, they actually line up perfectly with the Septuagint. Really? Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So, hmm. basically... Jerome went ahead and he brought in this, this corruption of the manuscripts in the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And then about 500 years later, after this apostasy was going on, that's when the Masoretes came together and created a new translation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Within the new translation, it was uh, Babylonian scholars of the Talmud. That actually mm -hmm. formed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of, of mm -hmm. the Talmud, which is the Jewish belief system. Yeah. Now, that Bible that was translated even by the Masoretes around the 9th century A.D. Mm -hmm. is the Bible that was passed down to the United States of America and the Germanic people, because it's a Germanic Bible. Remember, the Germanic tribes are of the tribes of Dan. Okay. They're the Aryans. They are the Vikings who worship Odin or Odan, went right. to places like Sweden or Sweden, mm -hmm. and Denmark or Danmark. All right? Gotcha. Gotcha. Or th think about this. I thought this was pretty cool. 
you have Denver, Colorado. At the Denver, Colorado airport, you have some of the most symbolic understanding of the Revelation scriptures right there in the airport. Mm -hmm. Denver or Danver. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) So, um, So you have all this going on. But the Bibles that we have today, I'm going to tell you guys this straight up. They are not the inspired or written word of God. Mm -hmm. The Bible that was in the days of Jesus and the apostles was the inspired and written word of God. The Bibles that we have today are the Bibles to deceive the entire world. Revelation 12, 9, it says the devil has come to deceive all the world. Not just some of it, you guys, all of it. So what better way than to deceive the people than act like you're God and you sit on the throne? Absolutely. Hmm. Yep. You see, yep. even the name Yahweh, the YHVH, mm-hmm. even where they put it in certain places within the Old Testament, the Tetragrammaton, It wasn't there. It's not there in the Septuagint. So the only way we're going to be able to discern this is through the red letters of Christ. When Jesus, but let me say this one last thing. When Jesus says that you shall know a tree by its fruit, then we need to base that off of Jesus's words of love. Don't get me wrong. Jesus said some very interesting things about how it's better to cut off your hand than to be cast into hell hole. But I want to let you know something right now. When he was talking about hell, he was talking about Gehenna. Mm -hmm. Gehenna is a place in southern Jerusalem where the garbage was burnt up. Mm -hmm. He was talking about escaping the judgment of 70 AD. Mm -hmm. But he was not condemning the people. They were already under condemnation. Mm -hmm. That's why John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he says, He that believeth on the Son is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Mm-hmm. Not because Jesus was condemning them. They were already condemned under law, under the curse, under death. Absolutely. All right. Yep, absolutely. So, um, I want to talk about the Tetragrammaton just real quick. Um, absolutely. If, if you guys don't know what that is, it's the YHVH, or you may see it in the Hebrew letters. Um, it's very popular to put on the front of Bibles. It's very popular to uh, throw up on the worship screen. I was recently at a church service where, um, and this has been only maybe, you know, six, eight months ago, where we sang a Yahweh song, and I was so happy that they had put the name of God back in it. And I remember pouring my heart out. And then I remember after that just feeling so empty and like, where are you? Where are you? know, Where are you, God? Like, I just so lost. And when I started to kind of come into all of this and I'm like, what is source? What is source? That was how this all started for me. What is source? What is everybody talks about the universe or source or the creator? And I'm like, why are those people wrong and I'm right? That was one of the things I started asking. Like, why is this God? How can I justify this God anyway? Because by the way, Jesus said, you'll know the fruit by the tree. I say that to you guys in my community every single day. That is one of the core things we've built this community on is I don't care what you do, who you're with, what your religion is, your whatever. What's the fruit? 
And mm-hmm. if you take the fruit test and apply the fruit test to the God of the Old Testament, <laughs> doesn't pass. Nope, not at all. When you're accepting virgins and gold, dashing children's heads against rocks, yep. accepting human sacrifice, mm-hmm. telling, killing people because you told them to commit adultery, guess what? That's not yep. my God. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. a different image. Yep. And that ain't the image of the Father. Let's put it that way. And one of the things I'm working with my community too, and this is super relevant to what we're talking about, because a lot of you guys have gifts. And I wrote a book called God Given Gifts of Brilliance. Mm-hmm. And it was from a very like church Christian perspective. I since have, have really expanded my understanding around it. But it was about uncovering your spiritual gifts in five areas of your life. Um, and so I wrote it kind of by the method that I follow. And what that really did for me was like, oh, there's all these spiritual gifts in the Bible. But I posted in my community the other day all of the Greek words for the spiritual gifts in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, we got a lot in our community. And, and in, in church terms, it may be called prophecy, but the world may call it being psychic. You may have in uh you know the the church terms you may have the gift of tongues but in our modern day interpretation it might be podcasters it might be might be people that can speak a universal language to get an angelic tongue across or get that word of god across so there are different gifts guys and just don't let the language barrier i think that's really the big point of what we're talking about tonight the language barrier we're speaking a universal truth here Yep. And it's literally for everyone. And there is no prerequisite. There's no test you have to take to come through this door. No. It's just, it. you're looking for the authentic reality. That's what I say all the time. This is it. And once you start to experience it and taste that fruit, you don't want anything else. And it may have different names and different experiences for you because you're on a different timeline, you were born in a different timeline, in a different zodiac, you have different karma, you have a different incarnation than the next person. So your your journey is going to be different. But somehow, it's all the same. How can I speak to people and they're like, Oh, we connect so much because it's all the same journey. Because yep. I've lived that same journey over and over and over. And I know what you're going through. Yeah. And that's exactly what Joshua and I are sharing here tonight. So don't feel like if you have gifts, and especially if you ever feel like a church has not accepted those gifts or um, encouraged them or even helped you craft them in a way that grows fruit for the kingdom of God. Because true manifesting is when you realize the kingdom of God is within you and you are creating into that as a co-creator of God within the physical realm, taking more land for the spiritual kingdom of God. Amen. You see... It's interesting because when, when you really think about it, what happened within that apostasy with Jerome when he took the Bible and he took out the Septuagint writings and entered in the Hebrew manuscript mm-hmm. and, uh, and gave it to everyone, it was a split in the Tower of Babel. You see, when people get back to the root, when they understand that the Septuagint was the translation that was used that was divine, the Koine Greek that was used within the known language of that day. That's when we shall go back and become one. 
we shall have unity. When we start to realize the difference between Yahweh and El Elyon, the difference between light and darkness, duality, and just pure light. First John 1.5 says, the Father does not dwell in darkness. There is no darkness in him at all. In the Old Testament, you have Yahweh coming down in thick, thick clouds of darkness. You have Yahweh sending down darkness and fire in the temple of Solomon. Mm -hmm. You have Yahweh walking in darkness towards Moses. Mm -hmm. Wait, that's very interesting because the Bible tells us differently. John, I, I just got, oh my God, here, here's a revelation. For <laughs> I just said 1 John 1, 5. That the Apostle John said that in the Father or in God, there is no darkness at all. Well, what does the Gospel of John 1.5 have to say? Well, it says, And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. What does that word mean, comprehend, though? It could not extinguish the light. Hmm. But the light extinguishes the darkness. Mm -hmm. So if Yahweh was Jesus, why doesn't it say, and light and darkness came into the world to extinguish the darkness? Mm -hmm. But if Jesus is pure light, then there is no darkness within him. Mm -hmm. That's the problem here. This is why Yahweh is the God of light and darkness. Because if he was just evil, mm -hmm. you'd be able to tell who he was. Mm -hmm. But when you add good to the mix, well, that's a different story. Duality, my friend, duality. That's something I think a lot of people struggle with around this. And there is a movement going around um, that it, it, it's Luciferianism versus, and I promised I wouldn't talk about the, I won't get deep into that, but it is, the idea of like bringing light versus like the doing of evil and that when you combine them somehow that's the highest level of God. Well, that makes sense when you look at Yahweh. Unfortunately, again, that leaves you with operating system problems. And yeah. the reason I bring that up is because some of the comments I have here and guys, I want to help y'all out here. Uh, Yeshua says El Elyon is not the most high. Okay, and I want to speak to that. Okay. You can ask yourself this question, then I want to hear Joshua's point on this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But I here, here's a question for you, my friend. And I mean this in all love. What is the most high to you? And what is source? That was the question I started with this. What is the source of life within you? The energetic source of everything that at the Big Bang or the creation source or whatever you want to call it, what was that intelligence in that life that expanded outwards or created into everything? Like whatever you want to envision it as. We don't know exactly, obviously, but what is that source? And whether you call him El Elyon or source or creator or divinity or unity or whatever you want to call it, to me, that's really what we're doing here is like where is the fruit and what is that test of the fruit? Does that apply to whoever we make our God? Jacob, one minute. All yeah. right. I got a gentleman in the comments. He's been going on this entire life. <laughs> Please. But, yeah. asking, asking what the translation of the Bible I use is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've only been talking about it the entire time. <laughs> it's the Septuagint. Septuagint, yep. 
That's it's the that is the Old Testament scriptures that were used by the early church. So what I would do is I would use the Brenton Septuagint. Okay. All right. You use that. It's going to help you. It's yeah. definitely going to start bringing things together. In other words, you're going to see the difference between El El Yam, the most high yeah. and Yahweh. All right. Let's keep on going. And one of the best things you can do, too, because I have some family members going through this is I'm not telling you, and I don't think Josh is either, don't read your Bible. That's not the point of this. Read Every spiritual text you can get your hands on, read it, because it's going to give you a better view. But cross-reference, like this is your walk, your journey, and you can show up and watch a bunch of guys on TikTok doing this, or you can go and dive into it yourself and say, this is important to me because this affects my life. Like understanding all of this, no, you know, go into it. Like you don't have to expect that you're going to come out with anything. Just go into it with like, I need to understand more and father help me understand more. And I think that that's one of the best things you can do. Cause when you start to see the differences, then your mind starts going, you pray more, you go, Oh, now I really got to know. And that's where you go down the rabbit hole. So yeah, I've got about 20 different Bibles around the room right now, and they all say something a little bit different. So, But when you cross-reference, that's when you start to get the more correct data out. So, Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so the reason why El Elyon and uh, Yahweh are two separate gods, first off, all scholars, all textual, most if not all textual scholars agree that El Elyon and the Most High are two different deities. Okay. Matter of fact, El Elyon, El, comes from the Canaanite pantheon, and Yahweh was added in. Mm-hmm. They don't know if it's from the Midianites or if it's from Egypt. Okay, which is which is interesting because um, when Moses escaped from Egypt after killing an, an Egyptian man, he went to a man called Jethro. Jethro was actually known as Ruel. Ruel means friend of El. It was of the mm-hmm. higher priesthood, which he received in Midian, mm-hmm. which is interesting because Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 4, verse 23, that Mount Sinai was in Saudi Arabia, which is in Midian. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, Yahweh would have been a deity that was actually created or brought up with the Midianites, mm-hmm. in other words, mm-hmm. which is... um kind of something but deuteronomy 32 verse 8 and 9 in the septuagint version talks about how the most high el elyon gave an inheritance to all the sons of god mm-hmm. and yahweh's inheritance was israel mm-hmm. yahweh is separate from el elyon mm-hmm. el elyon was the one who gave the melchizedek order to abram it was bread and wine it was a representation of the body and the blood mm-hmm. of jesus Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 7 talks about this, about how the Melchizedek order is the higher spiritual order. Yahweh was the God of the Levitical order, or the Levitical priesthood. Mm-hmm. Levi means Leviathan. He's a serpent. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right? Yep. Now, yep. that was the carnal commandments. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 15 says this. So, what we have is we have these two deities, We have the God of this world, which is Yahweh, because even Ezra chapter 1, verse 2, Cyrus is even told by Yahweh that he'll be given all the kingdoms of the world. 
Jesus was offered all the kingdoms of the world in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. Okay, there's no nice. getting around that. Somebody wants to give up all the kingdoms of the world is what it sounds like. So Someone yeah. wants to give because I believe that was the defining factor, the ultimate test, whether Jesus would become the son of Yahweh mm-hmm. or the son of the Most High, El Elyon. Mm-hmm. He would have been the son under the Levitical priesthood or the son under the Melchizedek. Wow. So, also not only that, the Levitical priesthood was given by angels. Paul makes this clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they received it by angels. What type of angels would this have been? Because they also included slavery within their actions. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says in John fifteen fifteen that I have told you all these things that I have received from my father. Because I don't call you slaves or servants. I call mm-hmm. you friends. Okay. There's very much well a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there's probably about another 500 things we could get into on top of that. Mm-hmm. But we will keep it at this <laughs> that jesus our father is pure love unconditional love agape mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. he loves every single one of us all mankind will be saved first timothy four ten tells us that jesus came to save all people especially mm-hmm. those who believe mm-hmm. the church believed in universal salvation for the first 500 years but what happened after that point The Roman Catholic Church took over. They started entering the idea of an eternal place of conscious torment with divine comedy of Dante's Inferno. Mm -hmm. They started putting a control device on the church, just like the Septuagint was being used all the way up to the 5th century Mm -hmm. and taken away. That's when the apostasy took place. All right. Okay. So... One of the things I get asked all the time, I just have like, what is Jesus' father's name here? And I want to just speak to something real quick, especially on the esoteric level here. To not just think of Christ as the son of God, but as God. He is the archetype on the earth for God being fully present in man. And then the divine, the Sophia, the wisdom, the feminine Holy Spirit being fully present in Mary Magdalene. Yep. So when you understand that, but then think about what he called himself. And if you go into the Septuagint and you read the, you read the Greek, which I read all the time, he says, son of man, son of man, son of man. He was extending that hand of being part of God to all of humanity because you can literally read that line and go, I'm a son of a human, humanity. Like, if you just look at that phrase, it's literally translated to humanity. So mm-hmm. when he is saying the son of man must suffer, the son of man must rise, he's saying humanity must suffer, humanity must rise, humanity must be crucified. Like, all of those things he's saying about wow. you and me on an esoteric level, he is the physical representation of God on our earth. Amen. As his wife being the physical representation of the divine feminine. And so when you start to get that... You're just not going to get that in your normal setting. That's going to unlock your whole deeper level thinking about this because it is a story within you and me. But as we talked earlier, Joshua, I'm starting to understand a lot more that it happened. And everything that happens physically is happening spiritually and it all (laughs) repeats and, and prophecies are cyclical and this thing never ends until you actually ascend. 
I'm about to uh, give you my mantle. If if you see me disappear, um, you're gonna get a double portion. All right. Uh, I'm Elijah. You're Elisha. <laughs> I'm just messing. No I was like, I was thought you meant you're live, and I'm like, oh, he meant his life. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'm I'm not Elijah, you guys. I I'm not Elijah. He's not Elijah. We're just Joshua and Jacob. All exactly, right. Exactly. Exactly. I want to make that clear for anyone that thinks this is serious. Okay. Yep. All right. So, Absolutely. But. <laughs> and even our names, guys. I was thinking about this earlier, right before we went live. I, I got you. Got to run to the bathroom right before you go live, and and I'm thinking already. And I thought Joshua Jacob, you know, and it's like Yaakov is me. And Yashua is you. And here we are talking about this. And everybody's trying to tie you and me, too, to the Yah. Uh, and the old, and, but here we are doing this work. I've got a new name. I'm Cub. You're Sons of God Ministries. Like, I mean, well, it, you know. Here's here's something interesting for you. Yeah. Why was his name changed from Yaakov to Israel? Mm. Because he went from Yah to El. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Why did he love Rochelle and not Leah? He was obligated to Leah. He but was he loved Rochelle. Yep. Exactly. Oh, beautiful man. Beautiful. It, they're Very all good. Yeah. All there. And again, this is your ascension story too. Everybody watching right now. Everybody that's gonna watch. I know we got a lot of people that watch this weeks, months, even after this airs. You guys are just as valuable as anyone watching live. You reach out to me or Josh, comment. We check everything. You know, we're we're here for you, and and we're not perfect at all of this, but we just mm-hmm. I, we get to do this a lot more than other people do, and we're really thankful for that. So, um, but yeah, drop drop it in the comments. Let us know what you're thinking on this. Just this is your ascension journey, and everything you're gonna read in the Old Testament and New is all. You've probably been through it at some point in your life, or you're going to go through it. And that's what's yeah. really cool about the biblical text is that we have everything we could ever go through in any timeline or incarnation of our life is present within what does David Vos call it? The Rosetta Stone, the Bible. The Rosetta Stone of the Bible. So here's here's the thing now, and this is the challenge we all need to receive. And I was talking to Jacob about this earlier because he was asking me a question. He was like, Josh, how, how do we know to interpret this esoteric or, or -hmm. physically? Are these stories real? Did they really happen? Mm -hmm. And this is, this is what I said, Jacob, if you had a person a thousand years in the future, read a story about cub Cooker (laughs) and how he was excommunicated from his church he lost everything and he followed Christ fullheartedly and he gained everything fourfold. Would you believe it? Now to that person, they may try to interpret it esoterically, mm-hmm. but to us, we know it's true. Mm-hmm. That's why faith is so important. It's good. And it doesn't take the meaning away from either of them. It just enriches both of them by having both of those ingredients. <laughs> Exactly. That's beautiful, man. I love that. Exactly, man. I love that. Faith. Like 49 new comments here. Let's read through all of these. guys. Sorry, yep. guys. Uh, we... <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. comments. You got that right. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Oh man, <laughs> lots of downloads tonight. Um, wow, this has been a good one. It's been a good one. Yeah. Um, we've got next week for sure. I was gonna pull up the calendar here. We've been collaborating every Wednesday night, guys. So, and you guys have really enjoyed this. I've had nothing but positive comments. Um, we've had a lot of people really uh, kind of meld within the communities and really get more into what we're both talking about. And it's weird. I swear. I mean, it's not like we troll on each other, but it seems like we're always somewhat talking about the same things. Like it's just weird how the wavelength works. The Holy um, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amazing. So. Truly is. Yeah, we've got we've got two more in this year. So, um, I mean, if you're available for it, the 21st and the 28th, we're still going to do the live. So, if that if that's good with you, brother, I'll be your. Um, and then we may even uh, pick up another series next year. I'm down for it. So, kind of regroup and see where we want to go. But absolutely, so, absolutely. Yep. We'll, we'll we'll let the people decide if they want this to be a, a normal thing. Yep. We. We will certainly make this a normal thing. I, I agree with that. I think that's the right. Yep. So. Let the people speak. So you guys let us know. If you do like this, like, comment, subscribe, all the stuff. we got to say that. Yeah. Uh, where can everyone find you, Joshua? Um, I, I am located at sonsofgodministries.org. .org. Good. If, if you guys would like to donate to my page, help out, mm -hmm. you may do so. Um, the Lord loves a cherishable giver. And if this has been a blessing, please bless this ministry. Um, yeah. You can find me on YouTube at Sons of God Ministries, TikTok right here. I'm writing a book right now. Mm -hmm. I'm almost 50,000 words into it. I'm releasing it next year. Um, right now is called Yahweh, the Finished Mystery. Um, it's it's going to be really powerful. It's going to touch on a lot of the stuff. You guys have never heard anything like this before. I'm going to tell you that much right now, awesome. but, um, it's going to be mind blowing. A lot of this comes from my friend, David Bose, as it is, he's been a real blessing in my life and, um, mm -hmm. it's going to truly be a blessing for all followers and believers out there. Amen, brother. I may have had a sneak peek just at like the front of it and I'll, <laughs> it's going to be good guys you know just the cover you're going to want to read it so um i'm i can't wait for that man i can't wait for that and you've got a lot of other stuff i think coming too from what i'm i won't i won't share any of that but you guys stay tuned with joshua he's got some cool stuff coming for y'all um but man i appreciate you being here i appreciate all of y'all you can find me over at www.cubcooker.com c-u-b-k-u-k-e-r.com all my socials are right there at the top. Uh, that's going to forward you to my stand store, stand.store slash cubcooker. Those are my only two URLs. If anyone emails you uh, from a pretend account, we've got that going around. Josh, I'm sure you have either had them or will have them. Just oh, you yeah. guys be safe out there. Only go through our official websites and the accounts you follow where you actually see us live. That's that's kind of a clue that that's actually our account. So just be yeah. really careful with that. But, um, and I've got all the ways you can support me over there, including my, uh, private community. Uh, it's kind of like a Patreon community. It's called the mythos group. So if you want to support, uh, the mythos community, we do a live call every Saturday. We get to talk face to face as friends for, uh, we did almost two hours last Saturday. 
Um, and then lots of behind the scenes content as well as a whole video library. I have over 500 videos I'm working on uploading to that. So you guys go ahead and uh, check that out if you would like. And um, with that said, I think uh, we we don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but we'll figure it out. So We don't. But the, Lord... <laughs> the yep. synchronicity is real, you guys. It is, man. It is. Yep. <laughs> amazing so this is such a blessing man i really enjoy this like my heart really enjoys this this is so good so and i know you guys can feel it too i've seen comments all over the place about just the energy that's here so yeah uh that's a blessing that's a god thing for sure amen so it's uh it's amazing man and we're just going to continue this and take this to the people of the world man the world needs to hear it Amen. Yeah. Y'all share, if you got friends or family members that are toying with this, or you guys have talked about it with anybody, you know, we got a lot of people I know that they actually pull up and study. We've got a lady in my community that she studies all of this with her 90 year old grandmother and they do it every week. She can't get to church. So, wow. um, got some really cool stuff going on. So just feel free to share us wherever you need to. So, um, anything else, Josh, before we sign off? Um, that's it, man. I'm good. Cool. I'm awesome. good. Brother. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. We love you all on both sides. I can't see his side, but I can see my side over here. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, uh, and we'll do better about answering comments when we're live alone. I can't multi, I can't, I don't know how people do it. I can't multitask that much. Have a conversation yeah. with you, take downloads, look at my computer and comments. So. I'm telling you what, it's yeah. crazy, man. I got people on here that are commenting left and right. I'll answer you guys' questions once Cub and I get off. Yeah, Don't you absolutely. worry about it, all right? <laughs> I got some real winners out there. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to jump back on here. So I'll jump right back on and take questions for you guys. So love you, Josh. Love you, brother. Thanks, man. Bless you. you have yourself a good night, all right? You too, man. Have a beautiful day, and I will see you next week, my friend. Sounds good, my friend. Bless you.